Everybody Googles everything, especially potential customers or employers, and a business or personal online reputation can make or break you. If negative search results or reviews are impacting you, Webamax is here to help. Our proven process restores your online reputation quickly and effectively, and it matters. Don't let negative results control your narrative. Visit GoWebamax.com and fill out a brief confidential form to see how we can help. Remember, if you aren't paying attention to your online reputation, someone else is. GoWebamax.com before history is written it's played before it's frozen in time it's fought one shift at a time before it's etched in silver it's carved in ice what happens next will last forever The Stanley Cup Final on ABC and ESPN Plus begins Saturday. With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. We took it all. We brought them to our land. An endless night. Ember hot and icy cold. The rage of the earth. We made this curse. Carved it in the blood on our backs. We did not see. We could not, but she did. And in the end... What will I become? Senwa Saga. Hellblade 2. Play it now with Game Pass. (laughs) Pittsburgh Steeler fans, welcome back to another episode of Steeler Snap Geek. This is Behind the Steel Curtain co-editor Dave Schofield coming at you on this Christmas Eve morning. Man, I can't believe that we are already just, well, we even say this, a week away from New Year's Eve. I can't believe it's it's gone through this fast for 2020. It's been a rough one for a lot of people. A lot of people are looking forward to 2021. I'm kind of the mindset of... Uh, don't always assume that the next thing is better. Um, I use that philosophy when it comes to Steelers, coaches, quarterbacks, players, and everything else that people obviously want to move on from right now that uh, sometimes new isn't always better, but we'll see. Uh, Hopefully for 2021, that will not be the case because we are ready for it. But I'm here. I'm coming to you after the Steelers suffered their third straight loss of the season. They're getting ready to take on the Indianapolis Colts. It's quite an intriguing matchup from the number standpoint. Um, it really is. It's it's one of those things that you're like, whoa. Um, some some things that I don't know that the Steelers have seen so far this season, but uh, we'll get into that here pretty soon. Um, just wanted to let you all know that, yes, it is Christmas Eve, but we're still trying to do our best to bring you the same audio format uh, in the mornings. I'm pretty sure you'll have a let's ride from Jeff Hartman on Christmas day. Um, And then even throughout the, um, you know, heading into the new year that uh, we should be doing the same thing. But uh, 
unfortunately, we're going to have to take some time here and break down some things with um, the Steelers' 27-17 loss to the Cincinnati Bengals. Um, I said it before, and I'm not going to back away from it. If the Pittsburgh Steelers couldn't beat the Cincinnati Bengals, then there's no reason to expect that they deserve to win the AFC North. I'm going to say it again. If the Pittsburgh Steelers can't beat the Cincinnati Bengals, then maybe they don't deserve they maybe they don't deserve to win the AFC North. Now I'm not saying that they won't. I'm not saying that they can't. I'm not saying I don't want them to. I'm just saying this one was one that was ripe for the picking. This was their game. You can't lose your get right game. I heard I saw someone post that on social media. It might have even been one of those national shows that said this, where you can't lose your get right game. And and I talked about in the past, what do the Steelers need to do for this game? You know, and this game wasn't about the Bengals. It was all about the Steelers. And you know what? The Bengals made it about the Bengals. So um, it was only their third win of the season. They also beat the Tennessee Titans, but granted that's when they had Joe Burrow and not Ryan Finley. Um, And in the Steelers defense, they didn't, really have, I mean, they faced Ryan Finley last year, so they should have had a better idea of what was going on. But um, it really wasn't the Steelers' defense that let them down, and I'll, I'll get to that in a moment. You have to admit that this was all about the offense. This was the Steelers' offense just not doing any favors for the defense, um, putting them in terrible situations. A lot of people are saying, oh, but the defense, when it counted, they gave up that 80-yard drive, and they just kept running the ball and running the ball, and they gave up that touchdown, and that put it back to two scores, and that was everything. That's true. But I'm sorry, you can't go into an NFL game and expect your defense to give up less than 40 yards on every single drive. The Steelers' defense gave up an 80-yard drive. It was their only drive of the game that was more than 40 yards. Only drive of the game was more than 40 yards. And you're saying, oh, but it was such a, a key moment. This defense should not have been trailing by that much in that moment to where an 80-yard drive was the, diff- the the only time it was over 40 yards where they gave up an 80-yard touchdown drive was the thing that lost in the game. You can't put that game on that drive because there's no way with the way the defense was playing that they should have been in that situation. And you're like, well, you know, they could have kept them out of the end zone or touchdown zone to one Brian Anthony Davis um, on those on those short field turnovers. That's a lot to ask. I mean, they did one of them, but I mean, 17 points all off of turnovers in the first half and it's 17 to nothing. I mean, could you get any support from the offense? Any. Any. Any support. What did the Steelers do? What did that defense do? Well, first of all, let's look back at the offense. We have now gone eight straight games without scoring a point on the opening drive. It has now been, I'm one, two, I'm pretty sure now it is four games. I can have to look back to check check and see for sure but i'm pretty sure it's four games that now that they haven't even got a first down on the opening drive of the game that is embarrassing if you have scripted plays that you have come out with to figure out you've got to be better than that and i will be honest with you sometimes i'm very upset with the play calling early on in the game for the steelers 
This was execution. This was execution. This the, the execution by the Steelers offense was basically non-existent early on in this game. In the entire first half, it was non-existent. And not only Coach Tomlin couldn't even use his infamous line from when the Steelers played the Los Angeles Chargers in Los Angeles last year when it was the first start of one Devlin Duck Hodges, where his answer at the end of the game was, he didn't kill us. Not only did the offense not do anything, they killed him. They Three turnovers, all of them right there. I mean, this is what it just carried right over from the Bills game. Awful, embarrassing, terrible offensive performance. But then you turn around and say, okay, well, what do you need the defense to do? What 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 do you have to expect from the defense? Well, constantly they just asked too much. And I know a lot of people were talking about the run. Oh, they gave up the run. That's right. The Bengals did not throw a pass in the fourth quarter. They did not throw a pass in the fourth quarter. So you're like, well, you had to make him stop the run. You had to make him stop the run. Yes, the Steelers are decimated inside linebacker. So that's going to be where there's going to be a weakness of trying to stop the run. That's just the way it's going going to to be. I mean, you would hope that it would that they could overcome, but that's really difficult to do. And they did overcome it so many other times throughout the game. But to uh, you know, to ask them to do that play in and play out the entire game, it was so tough. But what did this defense do? You come out of halftime where once again the Bengals get the kickoff. How about three plays for two yards and a punt? Defense did exactly what they had to do, get the ball back to their offense quickly. Less than a minute and a half off the clock, the defense gets the ball back for the offense. What's the offense do? Four plays, touchdown, in less than a minute and a half. So there you go. You're back in business, 17-7. to Needed for the defense again. What's the defense do? Boom, three plays, three yards. Oh, I don't know. They gave up an extra yard, another 10 seconds because it was a minute 40 off the clock. Punt, get the ball right back to the offense again. And the offense drives down, had a nice looking drive, stalled, but at least got the field goal. So you're within a score then. You give it back to the, to, you have to give it back and kick off to the Bengals again. And what do they do? How about another three and out? Three straight three and outs. Exactly what this offense needed. They only gave up three yards. um, Another minute 40. It was almost like a repeat of the drive before. The defense is completely shutting them down. You're talking about three drives, a total of eight yards, and under five minutes. Or right around five minutes. It might be slightly over five minutes. But right, right there. That's what they do. And what does the Steelers offense do when they finally get it back with that spark? I even said, I put it on Twitter, said this could be the most important drive of the season for the Steelers right here. Because if they go down and they tie this game and they show that they are going to just forget that first half and roll right through. And in that biggest moment, this is what happened with the Steelers. Okay. A nine-yard pass to to uh, who am I looking for? Anthony McFarland. Sorry, it was a nine. They threw a nine-yard pass to Anthony McFarland. Then they threw an incomplete pass to Deontay Johnson. Then there was a play where the Steelers went to run the ball. The offensive line completely screwed up the the, the whole blocking scheme, and by no fault of his own, Benny Snell gets dropped for a two-yard loss. 
on third and one, and they punt. So after the defense goes three straight three and outs, they had to turn right back around and get on the field because the offense did another three and out. And what happened after that? That was the 80-yard touchdown drive. Now, the Steelers responded with their own touchdown and everything, but then then, um, then the defense comes out after they respond for a touchdown. They gave up one first down, but then they forced the punt again. And they got it back to the, to the offense, who, unfortunately, as we all know, um, three straight passes, three or four straight passes, four straight incompletions. I'm not whining one bit about a pass interference call. Could they have called it? Yes. Did they need to? No. That should not have been what the what mattered for the Pittsburgh Steelers to win this game. What mattered to them is they're com- they completely not showing up in the first half. Seven net yards passing in the first half because Ben Roethlisberger had 19 yards passing and had a 12 yard loss on a sack when Benny Snell Jr. himself rushed for 30 yards um, in the first half. Um, yeah, I mean, it was that was a problem. But at the same time, you can look at some things. The defense, you know, the defense played well, saved the one drive. But like I said, you can't ask your defense to never give up a drive. That, you know, giving up one drive should not have lost that game. I've, I've said it too many times. But another thing that I outlined, and you can see this um, Thursday at BehindTheSteelCurtain.com, your one-stop shop for all things Pittsburgh Steelers, that you can see um, where Jeffrey Benedict and I did our Steelers Vertex. And what happened? Steelers ran the ball much better, but they didn't run it early. The Steelers got in trouble very early. And unless, you know, I'm not counting Ben Roethlisberger's fumbled snap as a rush attempt. Some people do, but I'm not counting that one. In six drives in the first quarter, the Steelers only had two rushing plays, two. And it's weren't the, it wasn't that they weren't successful. It was a two-yard run and a five-yard run. And that was it. So you can't say that the Steelers, you know, oh, well, they, you know, they stuck with the run. They didn't stick with the run. They turned to it when they were, when they were so terrible at the pass that they had nothing else to do. So by the time the Steelers actually committed to running the ball, they were already down 10 to nothing, already down 10 to nothing. And the Steelers only had three drives in the entire game that they actually had more than one rushing attempt. And that was, there was one in the first half, but it still ended up being a, a punt. Uh, that was the, that was the first drive they had in the, in the second quarter that started in the second quarter. And then their, their field goal drive and their last touchdown drive had multiple rushes. Their first touchdown drive did not because the Steelers, I mean, it only took them four plays. They only ran it one time. So that was some numbers that really went with that. But just so you know, that number that was just over 15% of the time um, of their offensive plays is how many times the Steelers ran the ball in the first quarter. So for a team that said they were going to come out and run the ball better, they did, but they just didn't do it early. Um, that was half as much as the next least amount of time that the Steelers run the ball with the first quarter. The Steelers, on average for the season before Week 15, they were coming into the game averaging where they run where they rushed the ball 41% of the time in the first quarter, which is a decent mix. 40% rush, 60% pass, can totally buy that. But they came in with, I think it was uh, like 15.3 or whatever. It, it, was, it was two rushing attempts out of, I think it was 14 plays or 13 plays that the Steelers ran in the first quarter. So 
There's a lot of things to get down on, but all hope is not lost. We'll talk about this whenever we roll into the Indianapolis Colts, but I want to answer a question. I had a question sent to me on Twitter. I'm trying to make sure that I that I get the 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 right account, the right person to give credit because I didn't get to do that last time and I, I really felt terrible that I, I didn't get to give credit where credit was due. But this is this is this comes from um the Caveman Sports Talk podcast. That's seriously the name. That's that's at Logan DeLorenzo. So if you have ever been in one of our YouTube live chats, you've seen Logan DeLorenzo um, in there at times. And he asked me the following question. He wanted to know um, if Ben retires after this year, what's the cap hit? What's the exact numbers on it? And I estimated this before and I was off by, what was I off by? I um, I was off by a quarter of a million dollars, which I wish I had a quarter of a million dollars to be off by. But when you're talking about a, an over $41 million cap hit, that wasn't terrible. But the, the way it breaks down with Ben's salary is this. He has a $41.25 million salary cap hit in 2021, which is the last year of his contract. $22.25 million of that is dead money. It cannot be pushed out anymore. That's the end of his contract. The Steelers are going to have to have $22.25 million of Ben Roethlisberger's salary on the books in 2021. That's what you have to do. What, what would be different is Ben Roethlisberger has a $19 million salary for 2021. So if he retires and does not get his salary, then that goes. So... That's the numbers you're looking at. Now, just so you know, out of that salary, only $4 million is base salary, what he would actually be paid during the season, uh, broken up week by week, because he has a $15 million roster bonus. I'm not sure when exactly the exact date. It's usually somewhere in March where that comes into play, where that's what it would take um, that that the Steelers are going to have, have to pay that. Now, if Earlier, when Ben Roethlisberger was performing well, people were talking about extending him. That $22 and a quarter million dollars, that's going to be stuck in 2021. But the other money could be, you know, split out, out more depending on the new salary, things like that. If something happens where he did retire, the $19 million of that would come off. But that's a pretty big dead money hit, but you're going to take that no matter what's going on. So that answers that question. I want to roll into some of these interesting numbers going on with the Indianapolis Colts. This is quite an interesting matchup for the Steelers. Would have loved to have had this matchup about six weeks ago, but it's here. It's now. We'll talk about that a little bit. First, let's get a quick break, and we'll be back at you um, as soon as we're done putting in whatever ads inside to to place in there. Um, So stick around. I'll be right back. We took it all. We brought them to our land. An endless night. Ember hot and icy cold. The rage of the earth. We made this curse. Carved it in the blood on our backs. We did not see. We could not, but she did. And in the end... What will I become? Senwa Saga. Hellblade 2. Play it now with Game Pass. 
Pittsburgh Steeler fans. Welcome back to the second part of the Steeler Stat Geek podcast. This is Behind the Steel Curtain co-editor Dave Schofield coming at you. I'd like to make some snide comment about whatever um, advertisement was just played. I Every time I listen back to, to well, I haven't been listening back to my show as much, but I, I never miss a Let's Ride by Jeff Hartman. And every time I, I hear the advertisement during the break, I always like, man, I wish Jeff would say something about that. But frankly, while we're recording, we don't know what's going in there. That's why I made that little snide comment. So uh, it's all in fun. Time to break down the upcoming game because that's all you can do right now as the Steelers. You can't live on what happened against the Cincinnati Bengals. That game is over. That game is done. You can't go back and and try to win it again. You know, I I could watch it again where I had to have the game recorded, but you know what? The outcome's not going to be any different, so therefore I don't want to see it again. So you can't change it now. All you can do is go out and try to win the next one. And yes, the fan base is going to have zero confidence moving forward. Many Steeler fans do not feel that this team can win another game this year, um, even in the postseason. But all it takes is one great performance, and it's done. And if you want to talk about a team to have a great performance against, Pittsburgh Steelers play fairly well against the Indianapolis Colts. Last year, the Colts were a solid team on the verge of the playoffs, but um, even led with by the by Mason Rudolph, the Steelers still managed to, to get the victory in that one. But uh, the Colts, I mean, they're right there in the playoff hunt. They are in the hunt for the AFC South. It is Right now, they are tied record-wise with the Tennessee Titans. There's a lot of stuff that can factor into it of who's going to be um, um, win that division and who's going to be in line for a wild card. The two teams split against each other, so you, you don't have that. So you, they're talking about division record. They could go common opponents. This could be a big game for the Colts because if they can beat the Steelers after the Titans lost to the Steelers, that's a big one when it comes to common opponents. So I'm not sure exactly how far that shakes down because that's the AFC South. I'm looking at the AFC North. So this will be an intriguing matchup. This is also this is a possibility – that this this could be the first of two games against the Colts. They the Steelers could very well meet the Colts in the playoffs, particularly in the first round. Um, it's not out of the question. The Steelers are definitely in the playoffs. The Colts are not yet, but they can get there. Um, soon. I'm not sure exactly what their clinching scenarios are or not, but uh, this is an important game for them. So let's take a look at some of these statistics to see how they match up. And for the first time in a while, the Steelers are playing a team, I mean, where, I guess it shouldn't be the first time completely in a while, but the Steelers are playing a team that ranks higher than them in a lot of, in a lot of categories. I know there was a lot of that with the Bills as well. The, the two teams were ranked pretty evenly. But um, this, this Colts team is, is quite interesting. Um, there are some things where they're top in the league, and there's some of the things where they're just middle of the road. And it'll be real interesting to, to figure that out. But what's really disappointing is seeing how far the Steelers' offense has fallen off the map. Because um, let's just look at, okay, we'll go passing offense first. That's the strength of the Indianapolis Colts is their passing game. They're ninth in the NFL with 260.8 yards a game, where the Steelers are 17th in the NFL, um, you know, the, the top spot of the second half, um, with 240.1 yards per game. So the Steelers passing game is there. And we all know that this, the Steelers run game. Now it was better last week, 
but they even even improved. The Steelers didn't hit what their average was for the season. Because remember, early on in the season, the Steelers were averaging about almost 140 yards a game after the first few weeks. Um, so right now, the Steelers are at 88.6 yards per game. That is next to last. That is 31st in the NFL, where the Colts are middle of the road. They're 15th in the NFL. with They average 114 yards a game. Now, when you look at yards per attempt... To me, that tells a little bit of an interesting story. I say it all the time. The Steelers are also at 31st, but it's a different team that's behind them. It's not the Texans. I can't remember who it is, though. Um, But the Steelers only rush for only 3.67 yards per carry um, at 31st. The Colts are 24th at 4.05 yards per carry. So that's a big drop-off in yardage of rushing the ball versus, versus yards per attempt, which tells you that the Colts are running the ball more than the typical NFL team, because if they were running less, then they would have a higher yards per attempt based on their position. When you're when when your rank goes higher in yards per attempt than what you were in yardage, that means you're not running as much. You're just running it better. And when it's when it drops a lot, I mean that's nine places down for them from 15th to 24th. So that just means that they are very committed to running the ball a lot. So they're not getting a ton of yards per carry, but that's that's what they have. If you look at total yards, the Colts are twelfth in the NFL. When it, you know this is offensive yards, twelfth in the NFL with three hundred seventy four point eight. The Steelers are twenty fifth. That's what they've dropped to now at three hundred and twenty nine. Did I say three hundred seventy four point eight for the Colts? I think I said that right. I'm trying to remember right. So it's just about you know about forty five yards more per game is the difference there between twelfth and twenty fifth. Now, the Steelers' best ranking is their is their points per game, which is 13th, when they have, they average 26.1 points a game. Man, and they were over 30 there for a while early on. Whew. How they have fallen. The Colts, they're eighth in the NFL at 28.5 points a game. So there is not one statistical category offensively in which the Steelers are are better than five rankings behind the Colts, you know, that, and that's just in points, eighth to 13th. The Colts offense is at this point is significantly better across the board than the Steelers offense. Then we turn to the defense. We turn to the defense. Let's look at the weak spot. The weak spot on the Indianapolis Colts is their pass defense. They're 17th in the NFL. They give up 236 yards per game. Where the Steelers, they are second in the NFL, giving up 193.3 yards per game. So there's the the Steelers' defense there. Now, when you look at the run, run defense, the rush defense, the Colts, they're ranked ahead of the Steelers. Um, they've got a real solid defensive front there. The Steelers are eighth in the NFL, giving up 104.6 yards a game, where the Colts are fifth. They are fifth in the NFL against the run with 98.1 yards per game. Now, when you look at that yards per attempt, uh, the Steelers actually drop down from eighth to 10th because they give up 4.12 yards per attempt. The Colts actually even get better. They move up to fourth, 3.82. So that means that, that, Teams are just not getting consistently getting yards running the ball in this defense. And that's taking into account 
when I'm, I was trying to, I'm pretty sure it was a game. It was Derrick Henry going against the Colts. I'm like, ah, I'm not going to play him in FanDuel. Um, the, the Colts are pretty, pretty solid, but, um, Buckner was out on their defensive front and he had a, and then, then, then Henry had a really big game. So, um, the, they're good. They're, they're real solid up front. Um, when you look at total yards, now we're back in the Steelers' favor. The Steelers are second in the NFL in total yards surrendered um, at 297.9, um, where the where the Colts are seventh at 334.1. And here, this might be the most important one of them all, points. Steelers have fallen out of the top spot after giving up 27 points to the Bengals. They are, they are no longer leading the, the league in, in points given up um, defensively meaning giving up the fewest amount. It's 18.9 points per game. They're second to the Miami Dolphins have passed them. Where the Colts, they're 11th in the NFL. They give up 22.8 points a game. So as you all know, I also love to hit these key statistics that I think are really going to show a lot in this game. And the way these fall are very interesting because the Steelers actually have um, a very formidable opponent here. The Steelers are still first in the NFL in sacks. They've got 47. The Colts are tied for 15th with 33. So they get after the quarterback. They're middle of the road in the NFL. You know, they're tied for 15th. It was 15th, 16th, and 17th. So that really is middle of the road of three teams that were tied for that. Um, But then you turn around to sacks surrendered. Steelers, you know, they still only gave up one. They're 12 sacks in 14 games is all they've surrendered. Now, why is a big thing? And that's what we're starting to find out. Is it that the is it that the offensive line is doing a great job of protection? Or is it that Ben Roethlisberger's throwing the ball so quickly? It's probably a combination of both. But also with Ben throwing the ball so quickly, he's not all he's not always um able to get a, a better read of the situation. And therefore, we just we kind of all know what happened Monday night. That our only hope is that they can fix it. I don't know how, I don't know if. But I hope that they can. Um, but the Steelers are still uh, number one with sacks surrendered in 12. And the Colts are number two. Colts are number two with 16. When the Steelers were number two for uh, earlier in the season, it was the Colts that was that was, um, that was was better than them. So neither of these teams surrender sacks. But not only that, but but the, the Colts also don't get to the quarterback very well when the Steelers do better than anybody else in the NFL. So then you look at... Takeaways. Now, wait, I want to say one more thing about the sacks. The Steelers have struggled in the past um, when it came to sacking Phillip Rivers. Uh, they didn't have, I think they might only had one sack, maybe two against him uh, last year with when he was with the Chargers. And it was just one of those things that you're like, okay, well, what's going on? He's a veteran guy that he might not complete a pass, but he'll get rid of the ball. He'll get rid of the ball rather than take the sack. But you got to remember, the Steelers have great guys on the field that can get the ball. Remember, uh, the the Steelers had to hold on to win that game last year against the Chargers. Um, but that's when the, Stephen Nelson did not play in that game. He didn't even travel. And then Joe Hayden got hurt, so they were down their corners in that game. So um, that'll be interesting to see how the Steelers' secondary matches up against this offense. I'm, I, I they can make some plays, or they could get exposed. Either team. The way the way it goes, it's going to be crazy. Takeaways: The Steelers fell out of the top spot. They are now second in takeaways. They didn't have any 
um, on Monday night. They still have 25. They're second in the league. And who's right behind them with 24? The Indianapolis Colts. They're third in the NFL with takeaways. So uh, who's going to be ranked higher is going to really come down to this game. Um, who wins the turnover battle? And when it comes to turning the ball over, the Steelers, they're tied for 14th, that they've turned the ball over 17 times. It's been a problem lately, um, especially with three on Monday night. They've really dropped there. And the Colts are third in the league. Third in the league, only, only giving the ball up 12 times. 12 times. So they do not give up. They don't get sacked and they don't turn the ball over very much, which is two strengths of the Steelers' defense. So it's going to be really interesting to see what's going to give in that matchup. I'm really looking forward to see, once again, you know, especially with Vince Williams coming off the COVID list on Wednesday. Um, I think he's on the exempt list now because they allow them to practice a few days without having to use up the roster spot because um, if he's still suffering some some effects, he might not be fully up to everything physically. So we'll just have to see. The Steelers, um, when, on Wednesday, they had some players missing practice. You know, well, once again, Ben Roethlisberger was given the day off. I know a lot of people would have liked to see him not take the day off after – um, just seeing com- seeming completely out of rhythm last week, but with one last day of rest in between, I, it was going to be highly unlikely that they were going to push him this week. But um, several other players that were dinged up a little bit didn't practice on, on Wednesday. That's kind of to be expected with you know on a Monday night game that if there was any question, they just told him out. But the good news was Derek Watt was back after his concussion. That's great. James Conner was back with his quadricep. That was great. But most importantly, Kevin Dotson was a full participant uh, with with the shoulder. So that's good news for the Steelers um, when it comes to getting some players back. But there's also some news of things that we're going to find out later in the week. You know, um, Eric Ebron was on the injury report. Um, Marcus Allen, Ulysses Gilbert, Ole Adelier. And unfortunately, Stefan Tuitt didn't practice either with a back injury. So you can catch all that on Jeff Hartman's rundown of the of the Steelers injury report that that came out on Wednesday. So, but those are just some interesting things. I also I haven't updated for a very long time our survivor pool, and I just wanted to throw it out here on StatGeek that we are down to seven contestants left in the survivor pool. But we made it farther than last year because in week fifteen we start where you have to make two picks each week, and you got to get both of them right to move on, and there was 18 people going into the week, and now there's only seven because a lot of people got bit by the Rams and the Steelers. Some people even had those as their two picks, the Rams and the Steelers. So, uh, But there's seven people left with that. We'll see how that pans out the last couple weeks of the season. All we can say right now as Steelers fans is the Steelers are not a good football team right now. They are not a good football team. But you're only as bad as your next uh, until your next game. The next game, are you going to come out and be a bad football team? Or are you going to come out and be in a good football team? I'm cautiously optimistic. I'm going to assume that I'm going to keep seeing the same bad football team because they've burnt me for weeks. After a bad performance against the Ravens, I expected a better performance against Washington. Didn't see it. After that bad performance, I thought I'd see a better performance against the Bills. Didn't see it. Defense did well. But then after that performance with the Bills, I'm like, chance with the AFC North, let's see another good performance. Boom. Didn't see it. Four straight non-quality performances for the Steelers. But it only takes one game to get it back on track. And they only have two more chances for that one game 
um, to happen before the playoffs. So that's all we can hope for for Steeler fans. But I want to thank you for joining me and listening to me on this Christmas Eve. I hope you all have a have happy holidays and a very Merry Christmas for those of you that celebrate Christmas. And um, we'll be continuing to bring you all, all of our content here behind the Steel Curtain, both in the podcast and the Written Words website. Make sure you're checking that out. And once again, thank you Anatomy of an ad. Subconsciously trigger emotions through music. Perfect. Define an opportunity. Imagine talking to millions of people across the U.S. like I am now. Identify a problem. Creating an audio ad is time-consuming. Offer a solution. Utilize cutting-edge AI. Imagine creating all that in under 30 seconds. Well, we did. To create this ad. To learn more about AI in the audio industry, download the white paper from audiostack.ai. Anatomy of an ad. Subconsciously trigger emotions through music. Perfect. Define an opportunity. Imagine talking to millions of people across the U.S. like I am now. Identify a problem. Creating an audio ad is time-consuming. Offer a solution. Utilize cutting-edge AI. Imagine creating all that in under 30 seconds. Well, we did. To create this ad, to learn more about AI in the audio industry, download the white paper from audiostack.ai. Anatomy of an ad. Subconsciously trigger emotions through music. Perfect. Define an opportunity. Imagine talking to millions of people across the U.S. like I am now. Identify a problem. Creating an audio ad is time-consuming. Offer a solution. Utilize cutting-edge AI. Imagine creating all that in under 30 seconds. Well, we did. To create this ad, to learn more about AI in the audio industry, download the white paper from audiostack.ai. Anatomy of an ad. Subconsciously trigger emotions through music. Perfect. Define an opportunity. Imagine talking to millions of people across the U.S. like I am now. Identify a problem. Creating an audio ad is time-consuming. Offer a solution. Utilize cutting-edge AI. Imagine creating all that in under 30 seconds. Well, we did. To create this ad, to learn more about AI in the audio industry, download the white paper from audiostack.ai.